You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to start the show off like we always do, jumping right into the injury report. And the major injury coming out of week six was that Jerome Ford injured his ankle. And that at first they're saying he was going to be out for one to two weeks, but now he is questionable to play this upcoming Sunday. If Jerome Ford is unable to play, Kareem Hunt becomes a must start in fantasy weeks. And I'll touch on more why when we get into the waiver wire segment of the show. But yeah, Jerome Ford injury, definitely a big one you want to be monitoring, especially if you have Kareem Hunt on your team and you were able to pick him up on the waiver wire. Second notable injury was that Zach Moss injured his elbow and he is questionable for, for this upcoming week. If Zach Moss is unable to go, this is, means that the Colts are going to fully unleash Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor could be in for a big week this upcoming week if Zach Moss is unable to go. Another injury was Raheem Mostert, who has been amazing so far this year, but he also injured his ankle. So that's an injury you're going to want to monitor. I'm still expecting that Raheem Mostert will probably play, but it could be more of an even snap count between him and Jeff Wilson. Definitely an injury you want to be monitoring. And if you have Jeff Wilson on your team, Definitely a guy that is definitely more of a viable flex play this week than he was last week. Debo Samuels is expected to be out again this week with his shoulder injury. And, I mean, usually when a top wide receiver gets out, gets hurt, there's more guys that are ready to step up and make big plays. But for the 49ers, it kind of just, the offense just kind of took a step down. No one really stepped up. It really hurt Brock Purdy. Brandon Ayuk didn't get too many more chances. I mean, this is this this offense is kind of weird. It's not like, oh, Samuels is out, so they're going to spread it between Ayuk and Kittle. It's no, they're going to bring in Jennings, their third string wide receiver, and he's going to just take all the targets, and Ayuk maybe get one more target. So I don't feel like the injury really affects that much for Brandon Ayuk or Kittle. I definitely think it hurts Brock Purdy the most out of everybody. And then the final injury is that Justin Fields is going to be out once again this week with his dislocated thumb. So, I mean, again, this is kind of the same thing I said last week. I think this affects DJ more than most. While I still think he is a very viable play, his ceiling is not going to be as high with just, with no Justin Fields out there for the Bears. And that's just and that was seen this last week when he only had 11 fantasy points. So, that's all the injuries that I want to touch on. Let's now jump into my waiver wire picks. And my top waiver wire pick, I touched on him just now, is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is the top guy you want to be picking up in fantasy weeks. Kareem Hunt has back-to-back weeks of getting over double-digit fantasy points, getting over 15 fantasy points, in fact. 
Two weeks ago in week six, he had 16.1 fantasy points against the 49ers, found the end zone once. And then against the Colts, he had 15.1 because he found the end zone twice. If Jerome Ford is not able to go in this game, I think Kareem Hunt is a must start. Probably a, I want to say at at the like the bare minimum, he's an RB, he's a high in RB two. I'd probably put him in low RB one territory if Jerome Ford is unable to go. If Jerome Ford does play, I think it's going to be more of a split than we have been seeing, especially because I mean they're not going to just give Jerome Ford his full workload, if, especially if he's not one hundred percent. But We'll see how the backfield plays out. See if Jerome Ford's un- unable to play. If you do have Jerome Ford and he does play, I'd be a little bit cautious of playing him. I think it's going to be a really even split between these two. So Ford is not going to be the strong RB2 play that he has been these past few weeks. My second waiver wire pick it, pickup is Darno Henderson. Henderson was on the practice squad and then got elevated and then became the RB1 for the Rams after Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers got put on IR. He had 18 carries for 61 yards and found the end zone while adding in a reception for five yards. He had 13.6 fantasy points. And so I'm not going to get too crazy on this. I only see him as like a low-end RB2, but he's definitely a viable play. I just There's definitely a little bit more question marks with Darnell Henderson and other RB2s just because maybe this next week Royce Freeman's going to be the guy. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, but Darnell Henderson kind of seems like he has the reins, but it's still going to be a committee in this backfield. So I only have Darnell Henderson as a low-end RB2. My third pickup is Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman went on a tear this last week. He had 33 fantasy points against the Raiders. 16 carries for 89 yards and found the end zone three times, two on the ground, one through the air, and he also added in three catches for 31 yards. Dante Foreman, coming off of his 33 fantasy point performance, definitely makes him so you have to have him on rosters, but I only still see him as like maybe a a just RB2. Probably a low-end RB2. I'd probably have him in the same range as Darnell Henderson. He probably has more upside. Just because, just because of the fact that, I mean, he showed that he can go off and he's going against the Chargers this week and they haven't been too down in the run. So he could have another big week, but I still probably just have him in RB2 territory. I don't want to get too carried away with it, but definitely a guy you need to be picking up on waiver wires. Dalton Kincaid is my fourth waiver wire pickup and my first tight end. Dalton Kincaid had a great game in his last week. He had 15.5 fantasy points, added in eight targets, eight catches for 15.5 fantasy points. Definitely a guy that needs to be getting picked up in fantasy. He's been one of the better tight ends in the league so far this year. My fifth pickup is Josh Downs. Downs, I continue to say this week after week, Downs is a viable flex play now that Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback. And he's been showing it week in and week out. Josh Downs has hit double-digit fantasy points in four of the last five weeks. And he's coming off of his best performance yet against Cleveland. He had 23.5 fantasy points, five catches, 125 yards, and found the end zone. 
Look, I mean, I still probably only have him as a flex play, but he has been showing that he's definitely a viable option. I mean, he keeps getting over double-digit fantasy points, and that means you have to be looking at him. He definitely needs to be on rosters. There might be better options on your team, but if you're in a pinch downs, it's definitely a viable play in your flex spot. Amari DiMarcado is another pickup. Two weeks ago, he was the biggest pickup on the waiver wire, and then he laid an egg for the fantasy managers, and a lot of them dropped him. But then the next week, he had a pretty decent game. Amari DiMarcado took the reins of the, of the Arizona backfield, and while he didn't have a great performance, he still put up 11.5 fantasy points, and since he's a running back, we have to be looking at him. He had 13 carries for 58 yards and added in four catches for 17 yards. What makes this so good is that he had 11.5 and didn't even find the end zone. So that's a good sign that he's getting work through the passing game, which makes him even more viable. I still probably only see him as a flex play this week, but Dean Mercado is definitely a guy that should be on rosters, and if you're in a pinch, definitely could play him this week. Rasheed Rice is my seventh pickup. He continues to be the Chiefs' top wide receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. Rasheed Rice keeps hitting over double-digit fantasy points. He had his best performance so far in his career. Five catches, 60 yards, and found the end zone. Got a touchdown, 17 fantasy points. And against a Broncos defense that hasn't been that great, he's definitely a flex play with some pretty significant upside. I mean, they just played the Broncos two weeks ago. He only had four catches for 72 yards, 11.2 fantasy points. But again, he's getting better and better each week because he is just a rookie. He's getting more getting more connection with Patrick Mahomes. So I think he is a high-end flex play for your fantasy team. I got touched on him a little bit earlier, but Royce Freeman definitely should be getting picked up just because of the chance that he could take over the RB1 role in Los Angeles. But I think he's still, just like I said last week, more of a stash I, I'm not going to play him until I see him do it, and we'll see if he can maybe take the reins of this backfield, but it looks like Darnell Henderson's kind of going to be the lead guy, but still should be a guy that should be picked up in fantasy leagues and stashed just because of the potential. Kendrick Bourne is my ninth pickup. Kendrick Bourne kind of had a quietly good game last week. He had 16.3 fantasy points, had six catches, 63 yards, and got a touchdown through the air. Obviously, wide receiver. You know, Bourne at the beginning of the year had a huge game, 24.4 fantasy points. And then he went four straight weeks of not hitting double-digit fantasy points. But he's now put together back-to-back weeks of 19.3 and 16.3 fantasy points. And now he's going against Miami, where... The Patriots are probably going to have to be throwing the ball a lot because Miami, this this maybe could be a shootout with how good Miami's offense is. We'll see, but the Patriots are likely going to have to air it out more than they would like to in this game. So I think Bourne could definitely be a flex play in fantasy leagues, and he has some upside because of the downfield threat he is for New England. My final pickup is Kyler Murray. While he's not going to be playing this upcoming week, He's still a guy that if you need a quarterback and he comes back, he has shown that he could be a viable fantasy play at the quarterback position. We'll see how good he looks after his major injury, but he still should be a guy that if you have an IR spot, pick him up, put him on there. That You got nothing to lose. 
Kyler Murray is definitely a guy that should probably be rostered just because of the upside he has in one of the most more positions that people have kind of been struggling with this season in the quarterback spot. Kyler Murray could be an option at the quarterback spot. Let's now jump into my week six winners and losers. My first winner is Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk has quietly been one of the best PPR wide receivers in the league. While he's only wide receiver 16 right now, he has averaged 14.7 fantasy points. And, I mean, he has hit he has hit over 12 fantasy points in every single week outside of his dud in week one where he only had one catch for three yards. He has had over 13 fantasy points in each of the past six weeks. Christian Kirk, while he may not be, I mean, people were kind of worried about him because of Calvin Ridley. I was a little bit higher on him, and he's definitely shown why so far. He has been a target monster while... He's only gotten like six targets in the last two games. He's finding the end zone. He's got he got the game win. He he scored the game winning touchdown for the for the Jaguars in the Saints game. He scored the game winning touchdown, and he's kind of shown that while he is a slot receiver, he's had some big downfield plays for the Jaguars. So I definitely think Christian Kirk is the best play out of this Jacksonville Jaguars team from a fantasy perspective, and he has shown that and continue to roll him in the Jaguars perform in. Jaguars game against Pittsburgh. My second winner is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I I wasn't high on him this last week because of the fact that the Colts were going against Cleveland. Cleveland has just been one of the probably the best defense in the league going into last week. And but he still scored 21 fantasy points, 18 carries, 75 yards, scored on the ground and added in three catches for 45 yards. Jonathan Taylor, now, especially if Zach Moss is unable to go, is completely an RB1 play, in my opinion. Jonathan Taylor needs to be in lineups. He is a lineup lock, for, in my opinion. Definitely play him. He was a winner out of this week. He's definitely back to his RB1 way. My third winner, who's kind of just been on a tear these past few weeks, and I'm just wanting to mention him, is A.J. Brown. I usually don't have guys that are winners that, you know, this is what they just do every week. But A.J. Brown has been on another level. A.J. Brown is currently the wide receiver three. After questions about him at the beginning of the year, when he kind of started off slow, he has topped 18 fantasy points in each of the past five weeks. And he's coming off of a 29.7 fantasy point performance. He had 15 targets, caught 10 of them for 137 yards, and found the end zone. A.J. Brown is completely a wide receiver one in fantasy. He is the wide receiver one in the offense over Devontae Smith, who's kind of been struggling so far. I definitely think this is a huge stretch for A.J. Brown, and if you have him on your fantasy team, your team's probably just been rolling these past few weeks. Definitely keep playing him. He is one of the best fantasy wide receivers in the league. My fourth winner coming out of this week is um, Alvin Kamara. I had questions about Kamara coming into this year, not just because of the suspension, but because they had Jamal Williams. They drafted the rookie running back in Miller. I wasn't for sure how much of the workload he was going to get. Well, he's not even having to get carries because they just target him like he's a wide receiver. He had 14 targets against the Jaguars. 
14 targets, caught 12 of them for 91 yards, and added in 62 rushing yards, got a two-point conversion. Again, Alvin Kamara is an RB1 play just because of his receiving workload. When you're catching 12 passes, I mean, you're, I mean, just if you were wide receiver, you're a viable fantasy play. And then you add in his rushing impact on top of it. Alvin Kamara is definitely an RB1 in fantasy. Keep rolling with him. It doesn't look like Jamal Williams or Miller are going to be taking any of this workload anytime soon. My last winner coming out of this week is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs finally has given his fantasy managers something to cheer about. They're, everyone has just been so disgusted that Montgomery is the top guy in this backfield. But David Montgomery went down, and Jameer Gibbs stepped up. While even in a game where the Lions struggled against the Ravens, it was a blowout, wasn't even a close game at all, Jameer Gibbs still found a way to be super productive in fantasy. He had 27.6 fantasy points in a shootout game against Baltimore. He had 11 carries for 68 yards and added in nine catches for 58 yards. The Lions just went to start throwing the ball a lot. But again, with this is Jameer Gibbs, one of the better pass-catching backs in the league. He got his fantasy outlook in there. He had nine catches, 58 yards. That's going to be what makes him so dangerous. With Montgomery out again, they're not going against the Raiders, a team where that just gave up 33 fantasy points to Dante Foreman. Jameer Gibbs is one of the better fantasy plays this upcoming week. He was a winner out of week six, definitely in lineup lock going into week seven. Let's now jump into my losers for this week. Just got done with the winners. We're now go with the bad news. My first loser is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, while he is the RB12, he's been, I mean, again, he hasn't been terrible, but this was his worst performance so far this year. And this is a guy that was that is coming off of being the NFL leading rusher last year. And he only had 35 rushing yards against the Bears last week. 11 carries, 35 yards. Only had one catch for six yards. I mean, I still see him as a low-end RB1 play this upcoming week. But again, this if Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing, I mean, I just don't think this Raiders team is going to be competitive. And then if they get down a lot, they're going to have to throw the ball. And Josh Jacobs is just not going to be involved. So... This was definitely a tough game, a tough pill to swallow if you're a Josh Jacobs fantasy managers, fan, fantasy manager, but I wouldn't worry quite yet. If he's unable to produce against the Lions, we might have to start worrying. But, you know, I, I still feel like he's a lineup lock. If you have him, you got to throw him out there. I still have him as a low-end RB1. Continue to play him. My second loser is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was the overall RB, RB1 drafted in fantasy leagues. Was dealing with injuries at the beginning of the year. Finally came back these past two weeks, but hasn't give, gave his team too much to Hasn't given his fantasy managers too much to cheer about. He is, after only scoring 10.2 fantasy points against the Cowboys, he followed it up with a dud of 5.6 fantasy points when he had 14 carries 45 yards one catch for one yard going against the bears now 
I definitely still probably I still have Eckler as an RB one. I definitely think if you have Eckler, you got to throw him out there. He, I mean, this is a great matchup for him, and he should be able to take advantage of it. But I mean, he's definitely not the. He hasn't been the elite running back since coming back. Again, he was coming off of an injury, so this could. I definitely think this could be a get right game for Austin Eckler. I have him as a buy low. But again, this was kind of a tough pill to swallow, just like the Josh Jacobs fantasy managers. This was a tough pill to swallow. Definitely hope he can bounce back against the Bears this week. My third loser, you got you knew I was gonna talk about him, B. John Robinson. What happened with B. John Robinson? I don't understand how there was nobody that said that he was dealing with an illness and that he wasn't gonna play much at all. The Falcons are being investigated for that. I won't even touch on that. But definitely, if you're a B. John Robinson fantasy manager, that, 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 I mean, it annoys you. It annoys you. Well, I mean, they don't have to do that because, I mean, it's not like, oh, because of fantasy football, they have to be reporting this. No, it is a league rule that you have to be reporting injuries and stuff and, and, and illnesses like this. Like, it's literally a rule in the league. So, definitely strange stuff happening in Atlanta there. But, Bijan Robinson, I mean, because he was dealing with an illness, only had 0.3 fantasy points. Look, I mean, he's still a guy that, I mean, when he's healthy, I mean, he's in RB1. So, I mean, if they say he's good, you play him. But definitely very weird that there wasn't any injury designation there. He was definitely a loser just because of the fact that, I mean, he was a loser just because the Falcons organization was so inept and didn't even say he was dealing with an illness. Definitely still playing this upcoming week, but that was definitely very annoying if you're a B. John Robinson fantasy owner. My fourth loser coming out of this week is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of on the Calvin Ridley hype train coming into this year. I thought he would rediscover his wide receiver one role after being out all last year. He then started off the year with a 24.1 fantasy point performance. But then he has now had four performances of not hitting double digits. And he's coming off of his worst performance yet this year. He only had one catch for five yards against the Saints. Now, the Jaguars are going against the Steelers this up, this this week. He's still a wide receiver three point, in my opinion. But I don't I think the expectation that he can be a wide receiver one, those are out the door. You're just hoping he can give you wide receiver two value. I mean, at this point, that's all you're hoping. There was people that thought he was going to be a low-end wide receiver one with upside. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. He, he'll probably have a game where he'll have a game where he'll score 20 fantasy points and you'll feel great. And then he'll have a performance like this where he only has one catch. Christian Kirk is the consistent wide receiver for the Jaguars. He's, he's the slot wide receiver. He's going to get his targets every week, week in and week out. Cameron Ridley is a deep field threat. If the Jaguars aren't looking his way, he's, he's going to have performances like this. Now, against Steelers, I do think this is a matchup you can exploit. Definitely want to be putting Calvin Ridley in lineups this week. But definitely have to know that Ridley is a volatile, boomer bust play in fantasy, and it was shown this week. My last loser coming out of this week, which is a guy that I never have on the loser column, is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup finally in fantasy had a bad game finally had a bad game Cooper Cup 
these past two years has just been on a tear. Cooper Cup only had, and I say only, only had 6.9 fantasy points, two catches, 29 yards, did have a two-point receiving conversion. But again, I mean, this is definitely, I mean, with Cooper Cup, you're expecting him to be in a wide receiver one. He only had 6.9 fantasy points. You're still throwing him out there every week, but I just thought I wanted to put him on here just because I never get to put him on here. He never has a bad performance. So definitely still one of the best wide receiver plays in fantasy. Still throw him out there. Don't worry about Puka Nakua taking his job. Cooper Cup is still the wide receiver one in this receiving room. Cooper Cup is definitely the wide receiver to keep playing Cooper Cup. Let's now jump into my favorite segment of the show, my buy lows and sell highs. Buy low meaning you want to trade for them and sell high meaning you want to trade them away. My first buy low, which this is kind of going to go hand in hand with the loser section because I didn't really feel like these guys are losers for the rest of the way for fantasy. Just they were just a loser this week. My first loser is Austin Eckler. I still believe Austin Eckler is an RB1. Nothing has changed with me there. It's just a slow start after an injury. And I mean, this was definitely in the realm of possibility when he came off an injury. I mean, this is sometimes players, when it's a significant injury, it takes them a little bit to get going and the team eases them into it. I definitely think that this game, upcoming game against the Bears, is a get-right game. Now, your fantasy manager that has him is probably not going to want to be giving him up because he's probably thinking what I'm thinking. He's going against the Bears. Let's see if he can do something here. But if they are willing to move off of him, I definitely would try to get him before he gets back on track against the Bears. Definitely have Austin Eckler as a buy low. My second buy low is Bijan Robinson. And it's not because of the point three fantasy performance. It's because he has yet to have that breakout game. He's yet to have that game where you just go from a fancy aspect. You're just like, wow, he's been super consistent this this year. He's an RB1 already, even though he hasn't even been playing at his best. He's only averaging around. I mean, if you take out this week, he's only averaging at like 14 fantasy points a game. I mean, his first two weeks, he had 20 and 21. And then he's followed that up with 10, 18, 12 and 13. Those aren't. Great, but I see him as a 20-point fantasy point-per-game person like he showed in those first two weeks. i definitely be trying to get Bijan Robinson, and this point three fantasy performance could be the last straw. I would try to get him now before he has his second half of the year breakout. My third buy low is Aaron Jones. Even though Aaron Jones struggled to get going against a Denver Broncos defense that every running back this year has torched, literally every running back is torched, but Aaron Jones couldn't get it going. Even though that happened, I still have Aaron Jones as a buy low just because of the fact that running backs are so hard to find. And I still have him as a high end RB two. If you're in need of a running back that like you, like you're not like, you don't want to have to give up so much to get an elite running back, but you just want a startable running back. I think Aaron Jones is a great target for that. I think he's a great guy that week in and week out, you could put him on your RB2 spot and roll with him. He's going to have weeks where he might have a dud, but he's going to but he's gonna have performances like he did in week one where he has 26 fantasy points and you're feeling great. 
He's kind of a boomer bust play a little bit because of the fact that he's sharing work with AJ Dillon, but he's still the RB one in that backfield. I would definitely target Aaron Jones if you're kind of looking for a lower end running back target. My fourth buy low is DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf has been dealing with a rib injury, but he keeps playing. I mean, he was out last week, but I mean, he's been playing through it. He's expected to be back this week. Going now, he's going against Cleveland. This is, but this is, I feel like, a great time to buy low on him. He has topped double digit fantasy points every week so far, even with dealing with injuries. I would grab DK Metcalf now before he starts getting back to his way of being a red zone monster where he scores a touchdown like every week. He's a downfield threat. He's the best wide receiver on the Seahawks. While he does have competition with Tyler Lockett and now Jackson Smith and Nygba, I still feel like he's the wide receiver one in this offense. I would target DK Metcalf if you're kind of looking for an upside wide receiver. I think Metcalf is the guy you could be targeting. And my last buy low, which is kind of a weird one, is Tajay Spears, the Titans' backup running back. I have Spears as a buy low just because of the fact that I think Derrick Henry might get moved at the trade deadline. I think he might get moved. There's a lot of interest around the league, according to reports. There's a lot of interest. If Derrick Henry were to get traded, Spears would be the RB1 in this backfield. Like There's nobody even close to him if you get rid of Derrick Henry would go out. I would try to get Spears now while nobody's really even thinking about that. I would like I wouldn't say, oh, I just want Spears. I would try to trade for somebody else, maybe on a team, and then just like have Spears kind of be like the add-in. Like kind of throw him under the rug. Don't like say that's the guy you're really trying to get. I would spin it like, oh, I want this player, but then you put Spears under the rug. I think he's a great, like upside pick if Derrick Henry were to get traded Spears would be a great probably must start fantasy play I would try to get a trade with him where you can kind of sweep him under the rug but that's just me what's now going to my sell highs coming out of this week and my first sell high is Michael Pittman I had him as a sell high last week because I wasn't convinced about his target share while I wasn't convinced about that I didn't think it was going to drop all the way to five I thought it would be like the seven to eight range. It dropped all the way to five this last week against Cleveland. But Michael Pittman fantasy owners were saved on a huge touchdown play at towards the end of the game in that Colts-Browns game. Huge boy got him to 16.3 fantasy points, even though he only had two catches in the game. But I still have him as a sell high just because I feel like with Gardner Minshew, as I said last week, he's going to spread the ball around. He's not going to tar- he's not going to just force targets Michael Pittman's way like Anthony Richardson was. I don't I still think he's the wide receiver one in this offense. He's still probably going to get the most targets out of everybody. But I don't see him as the low-end wide receiver one that he was when Anthony Richardson was in there. So if you can get good value for Michael Pittman, I would jump on it. But I I definitely don't see him as like get off him right now like the pot, the pot's boiling, get off. But he's definitely a guy that you could maybe be thinking about moving if you have him. My second sell high is Devontae Adams. I have Devontae Adams on here because he finally surpassed double-digit fantasy points. And 
if a fantasy manager in your league still sees him as a like high end wide receiver one and you can get that for him, I would just get off of him. I would just get off of him just so you don't have to deal with it anymore. I still see him as a wide receiver one in fantasy. I still think he's going to get there. But he's kind of just been a tough guy to roster. He's kind of a, a tough, he's kind of a guy that will give you a headache on some weeks, but then he'll blow, then he'll just be amazing the next week. Like he has had a rough couple of past weeks. If you can get wide receiver one value for him, I would just move off of him just so you don't have to deal with the headache anymore. But again, if you can't get that, I would just keep riding him. He's probably going to get back to his ways, probably. Or maybe this is what it is. It's really hard to tell. I can't tell what the Raiders are doing. If Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy, I feel better about him. But I don't know. I would just move off of him just so you don't even have to think about it. If you can get the right value, I would just trade. I would just trade him away. My third sell high is George Pickens. I have George Pickens as a sell high because he's coming off of a pretty decent game. He's coming off of a pretty decent game where he had 15.7 fantasy points, five catches, 107 yards. But I have him as a sell high because of the fact that Deontay Johnson is now back. He's going to be, he was back last week, but he's really going to be back this week. He's now going against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that held Chris Olave and Michael Thomas down pretty well. They both passed double-digit fantasy points, but neither one of them had a great game. And now they've and now it's the Steelers, which is a worse passing passing unit than the Saints, in my opinion. I would move off of him after he's scored double-digit fantasy points in four of the last five weeks. I would just move off him because I think he's going to go back to his being a boomer bust wide receiver three with now that Deontay Johnson's back. So I would move off him if you can get the right value. My fourth sell high is Joshua Palmer. And I have Palmer on here not because I think he's going to lose his wide receiver two role anytime soon. I just think that he's eventually going to lose it. I think Quentin Johnson is probably eventually going to take it from him. I'm, I mean, I'm just spitballing here. Keenan Allen is the for sure wide receiver one in this offense for the Chargers. This offense hasn't been amazing this year. They've been good, but they haven't been amazing. They haven't been a team where I really feel like week in, week out, they're going to be able to sustain two fantasy wide receivers. I mean, I still think Joshua Palmer is probably a flex, but he's been a flex play. I think I would continue to roll him as a flex play. But I would just move off of him if somebody thinks that he can can be more than that just because he's on the Chargers. If you can get, like, wide receiver three value, like good wide receiver three value, I would just move off of him just in case Quentin Johnson does take his job. Then he's not even going to be valuable in fantasy at all. So this is kind of one of those things where it's not that you're selling high on the value. It's just getting off because of the uncertainty around him. That's why I would trade him. My last sell high is Gus Edwards, Gus Bus for the Baltimore Ravens. Gus Edwards is coming off of his best fantasy performance of the year. He had 21.4 fantasy points, 14 carries, 64 yards, a touchdown rush, and then he had one catch for 80 yards. It was a very great game for Gus Edwards, but I would trade him because of the fact that right now he's splitting work with Justice Hill. So he's already just like a very low-end RB2, probably a flex play. Not a great fantasy start because of 
the competition he's dealing with. Although he's going against Arizona this week, so he's definitely a viable play in fantasy. They have not been good. But nonetheless, I would trade him just because of the fact that he's he's in a committee. He's going to have dead weeks, and then he might have a week like this. If he doesn't fall in the end zone, he's not going to be great. And also because of the fact that the Ravens are trying to trade for a running back. And if they add another running back to this room, Gus Edwards is not going to be viable at all in fantasy. And they have a guy on their IR named Keaton Mitchell, a rookie running back, who's been injured and on the IR, who when he comes back, he could get the RB1 role. There's just so many factors in play here that if someone thinks he can be an RB2, I would just trade him away. Especially if you have more, like if your team is a little bit deeper on running back, I would just move off of him because I think he's eventually going to probably lose his role. Whether it come from trade, Mitchell, or just still takes it. Even if he doesn't lose his role, it's not that great of a role. Still, Lamar Jackson's going to vulture a lot of touchdowns. So if someone's willing to give you good RB2 value, I would trade him away, get off of him, and move on. But with that, I'm going to wrap this week's episode up. Thank you for listening. Again, if you have any questions related to fantasy football, make sure to email unlimitedfantasyfootball at gmail.com with any fantasy questions you have. And with that, make sure to tune in next week for my week eight fantasy football recap. But until then, I will see you later.